I was just updating the forecast, and um, that's why we had some silence there for a moment. I got into the studio a bit late this morning, and uh, anyway, Don, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. A Friday free for all. That's right. August 4th, 2023. Um... Let's see, Don, as we customarily do when we have free-for-alls, we uh, talk about historical events that occurred on this date of August 4th. Uh, In the year 1558, the first printing of Zohar in Spain popularizes, yeah, I got it out, the Jewish study of Kabbalah, Kabbalah. Ooh, forgive my tripping on some words there. That occurred on this date in 1558. In the year 1821, on this date of August 4th, Russian Antarctic expedition led by Fabian Gottlieb von Bellingshausen, did that one all right, returns to Kronstadt, after becoming the first to circumnavigate Antarctica. 1942, on this date, the first train with Jews departs um, Mechelen, Belgium, to Auschwitz. Ah, 1944, Anne Frank, arrested in Amsterdam by German security police, following a tip-off from an informer who was never identified. Remember the, the book, The Diary of Anne Frank. On this date in 1993, Rwandan Hutus and Tutsis signed the peace treaty in Arusha, Tanzania. Well, Most of those I was not too familiar with. All right. Well, famous birthdays. This is a little bit easier. Um, Louis Armstrong. Yeah. He was born on this date in 1901. He died in 1971. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Born on this date in 1900, she died in 2002. Maurice Richard. Okay, I'm going to need some help here. Maurice Richard, born on this date in 1921, he died in 2000. Mr. Richard. He was a Canadian professional ice hockey player who Ah. played 18 seasons in the National Hockey League for the Montreal Canadiens. He was the first player in NHL history to score 50 goals in one season, accomplishing the feat in 50 games in the 1944-1945 season, and the first to reach 500 career goals. Richard Belzer. Um, If if we could show you his picture, I think you'd recognize it. Anyway, he was born in 1944 on this very date of um, August 4th, and he died in 2023. 
He was an American actor, comedian, and author. He was best known for his role as BPD detective, NYPD, NYPD detective slash sergeant, yeah. and investigator John Munch, whom he portrayed for 23 years in the NBC police drama series Homicide, Life on the Street, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, and several guest appearances on other series. All right. Um, we have two famous deaths that occurred on this date of August 4th. Um, one I know, or not personally, but I mean I know of rather well. But I'll still ask for your assistance. And the other one, no, I don't know. Enver Pasha, 1881, he was born, but he died on this date. That is to say, again, August 4th, 1922. Pasha. He was an Ottoman military officer, revolutionary, and convicted war criminal who formed one-third of the dictatorial Tribium Virate, known as the Three Pashas in the Ottoman Empire. Hmm. Okay, and then the one that I, if, we all should probably be quite familiar with is that of Hans Christian Andersen. Born in 1805, but died on August 4th, 1875. Now, uh, even though we all recognize that name and probably have um, experienced uh, some of his stories and so on helped me out a little bit more he was a danish author although a prolific writer of plays travelogues novels and poems he is best remembered for his literary fairy tales and some of those most famous fairy tales include the emperor's new clothes the little mermaid the nightingale the steadfast tin soldier the red shoes the princess and the pea the snow queen the ugly duckling the little match girl and thumbelina all right well all those events basically tied to this date of August 4th. Well, let's see here. Um, I'm trying to figure out which of these reports I that I printed off this morning would be uh, most timely and um, important to share. Um... I'm sure you didn't hear by now that the former president, Donald Trump, appeared in federal court there in Washington after being indicted over his efforts to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election. Um, so, he was in federal court, and now they say his first pretrial hearing will occur on August 28th. Hmm. Let's see. Related to this, the charges that were notably absent from the Trump indictment. It did not accuse former President Donald Trump of inciting the mob that attacked the Capitol. But it did show that some people close to him knew violence might be coming. Um, we've had this story um, recently, but um, in Pittsburgh, there was this gunman who um, um, shot people in a synagogue. 
And in the final hearings of that trial, which has just occurred, survivors and relatives of victims spoke directly to the man who killed 11 people in the Tree of Life synagogue. Well, what came out of that? He has been sentenced to death. Let's see here. Over in the Ukraine, uh, the headline reads, Pastor or Traitor. They go on to say, Ukrainians shun a church seen as a Kremlin tool. Um, I don't know the name of the village, but in any case, um, in whatever village it is, uh, parishioners decision to oust their priests reflects a broader push within the Ukraine to reduce the influence of an Orthodox church that answers to Moscow. Um, I guess Mike Spence um, was speaking to a recent Republican fundraiser sometime in the last I'm going to say 48 hours. And what he had to say was, well, they're calling it was a kind of subtle hell. I guess it was a really surreal scene. And that's, frankly, all I have on that. But I, I think I'll look into it later when I get a moment. In world news, Colombia and rebel group begin ceasefire after decades of combat. A six-month truce began yesterday between the government and the largest remaining insurgency, the far-left group known as the National Liberation Army. Um, I have some neighbors that are from Colombia. And um, I haven't had a chance to, they're, well, to be perfectly honest, they've only moved in a week ago, even though I knew they were going to be moving into our neighborhood two months ago. But now they're there. And I kind of look forward to just having a casual conversation about all of this. Columbia, um, the nation. Let's see, other world stories. Uh, Not another coup as usual. What to know about Niger's crisis. It goes on amid an unpredictable military coup. Neighboring countries have threatened to go to war, some to scuttle the coup and others to ensure its success. Okay, Um, Niger, Uh, forgive me, Niger is in what continent? I believe it's in West Africa. Okay, I I was going to guess that, but I wanted to... Yeah, I was was, going to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure it's in Africa. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's surrounded by a variety of countries. 
And some are all for what's going on, and some are completely against it. Um, some of the countries in Africa really are not much larger than a few of our states in our nation. And while each has their own government, and so do states, they are not united, right, as we are. And uh, there are federal laws, and then state laws must work within those. Um, yeah, well, it is what it is. Greenpeace protesters scale the United Kingdom Prime Minister's roof with ease. <laughs> okay. The incursion by opponents of oil drilling raised concerns about the security of the British leader and his family. That'd be kind of unnerving, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, what about headlines pertaining to our nation? Uh, Trump's jury pool for January 6th trial, a city that remembers the attack. Jurors drawn from among the residents of the District of Columbia will be called on to decide the fate of the former president. Yeah, okay, I get their point here. If you lived in Washington, D.C., and there was a time when I did, or nearly did. I had a home, but I was here a lot, too. In any case, um, you would be so influenced by what occurred there. Um, and, of course, depending on your position, whether you were pro-Trump or anti-Trump, um, what occurred there would just um, solidify those feelings even to a greater degree, I think. Well, uh, so think how difficult it would be to select a jury. Uh, because people are pretty much either completely one way or completely the other. I hope that made sense. Let's move on. The college board says AP psychology is effectively banned in Florida. Okay. Uh, in this sense, I don't know what AP is. Um, AP psychology. They go on, though. The nonprofit said it would not remove a section on gender and sexual orientation as Florida had requested and advised districts not to offer the course. Advanced placement psychology, that's what the ah, AP stands for. Okay, now I get it. Diane Feinstein, right? She's 90. She's a senator. 
a United States senator. And we have a story this morning that says, um, for an ailing Feinstein, a fight over the family fortune. Okay, so at her age and all of this, uh, we've heard periodically that she's struggling in her role as a senator. Um, she's just not functioning in the same manner or with the same energy as she once had. And um, they go on, a difficult dispute within her family over control of her late husband's estate is another difficult chapter at the end of a long career. I think we've had a couple of hints about this story in the last month or two. Um, but, you know, the whole concept of families divided over uh, last wills and testaments and all that sort of thing is troubling to me. You know, I don't want my kids or, or whatever to be at odds. Um, and, and, you know, what parent does? Oh, well, troubling. Let's uh, turn our attention to politics some. Okay, so this here's another story about Trump, of course. It says Trump's 2024 campaign seeks to make voters the ultimate jury. They go on that the former president has long understood the stakes in the election. The courts may decide his cases, but only voters can decide whether to return him to power. Um, in the political category, here's another story, and we've kind of had some stuff on this recently, but it says, Pence says Trump pushed him essentially to overturn the election. Well, the remarks are some of the former, president, vi former vice presidents most pointed about what happened in the lead-up to January 6th, when everybody rioted I guess is that I, I was that a riot would you I, yeah I'd say um, back in 2021 here's another story all related to politics it says Trump leads the GOP in Iowa but his hold is less dominant New polling suggests that Governor Ron DeSantis' efforts in Iowa have been having an effect, but that the challenge of defeating Mr. Trump there is complicated by multiple factors. Hmm. Let's see here. Well, let's, let's move to the category of business headlines, if you will. 
And this uh, next headline says, Is good news finally good news again? What they're talking about is that economists have been wary of strong economic data, worried that it meant inflation might stay high. They go on, though. Now they are starting to embrace it. Hmm. I think I'm going to have to look more into that to thoroughly understand it. (laughs) Another business story, the Bank of England raises rates for the 14th meeting in a row. Britain's central bank lifted rates to, um, let's see here. Um, I lost my place. Um, let see. It says Britain's central bank lifted rates to five and a quarter percent, the highest since 2008, as it warned that some risks from persistent inflation um, had crystallized, they say. All right. Oh, here's an interesting item. Uh, The headline, if you will, reads, Is following your work passion overrated? Experts say the pandemic and resulting changes in the working world may be encouraging people to rethink how essential passion for your job really is. Um, yeah, I can see where that could happen, certainly. (laughs) What about technology? Okay, the first headline reads, what can you do when AI lies about you? Artificial intelligence. Again, a fascinating topic to me. But how well do I understand it? Not too much yet. But the uh, basic of what they're talking about here is that people have little protection or recourse when the technology creates and spreads falsehoods about them. Yeah, that would be disturbing. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, let's say artificial intelligence decides you're not a good person. And for whatever reason it chooses. Um, And then publicizes it, if you will, or publishes it somewhere. And, you know, it's amazing how many... Oh... Emails I get from different outfits saying, your information has been discovered on this or that, right? It's really disturbing. And do I pay much attention to it? No. Because I've come to expect that everybody must receive something like that periodically. 
So is there any good person without any blahs? I guess not. Another story of a technological nature. Have you noticed missing from your Facebook news feed? Canadian news. A Canadian law that will require tech companies to compensate domestic publishers has led Meta to start blocking news articles on its social networks. And Facebook is one of them. Okay. I am, um, I, went, I went down to our Athens library a couple days ago, I think. Because uh, I'm, I'm just a little bit intrigued with these um, electric bicycles. I think I've talked about it before here on the show. But um, the library has, um, well, maybe four or five different versions of an electric bike. And that's purposely done because they want you to try out the one that most trips your trigger, right? Or at least compare it with others. And then if you choose, you can go and purchase that one that you like the best or something similar. All right. So one of the companies that makes them, and it's made in, um, this is a Dutch company, is called Van Moof. And um, their bikes, electric bikes, um, really attracted a lot of people. And a number of people invested in those. Well, now word is that Van Moof has gone bust, right? They're out of business and um, or about to be. And it's left owners unable to get repairs. And it's worried and worried that app-enabled functions may stop working. So... You know, some of the bikes just purely have a battery and they do their thing. But others have, you know, um, applications and things like that that help you control how it functions. Me, I, I really want simplicity. But, um, you know, we're not in that kind of world recently. Um, every, you know... You buy something and they say, please download our app. And it can be, um, oh, the th most recent example for me is, you know, the car sensors. Yeah. Oh, ODH or whatever they're called. Um, that read the codes your car's electronics are, um, you know, which why you have this light lit for okay yeah yeah and all of that yeah um and and then you can reset the lights and it also gives you some diagnostic repair ideas um so i bought one of those testers recently not knowing 
that it also required you to download its app. And then, not knowing, even though I paid for the thing, that there was a monthly fee, you know, to uh, keep the app active. Well, anyway, you try to do something that makes sense, and technology can sometimes foul it up. I just had to do that also. Luckily, I didn't have to. I don't have to pay monthly for it, but I recently bought a uh, security camera to, I mean, not really security but just to like have a camera in the house yeah mainly just to watch my cat see what she's <laughs> t- just to see what she's doing while so I'm you work. could bring it up on your phone right now and yeah see i could most of the time you know what she's doing whenever i look <laughs> sleeping <laughs> she's sleeping yeah. <laughs> i'm like shocker she's sleeping <laughs> but uh yeah it's also good to see if uh but i mean you can get the detection motion which I'm gonna have to turn on since I'm gonna. She's gonna be by herself for the next 24 hours, uh, but just to make sure that no one's trying to get in the house. But uh, sure. But yeah, you have to download the app to make to obviously get to the camera and to move because you can move the camera around back and forth. And it's kind of funny when she jumps up in the window where the camera is and the camera starts moving. She looks right at it like, "Hey, why quit. are you making yeah. a slight noise?" <laughs> it's like, "Quit moving." <laughs> Why are you moving? Well, let's uh, turn our attention to the category of sports. There's a story this morning. It says, I gave up on boxing, but not on this boxer. Okay, what are they getting at? Decades after turning away from the sport because of its violence, our columnist revisited Sinisa Estrada's journey to becoming a champion and wondered if it was worth the risk. Okay, I don't know this name, and I'm not a real boxing fan. I'm not either. Um, I used to, years ago, the Sports Administration Graduate Program uh, used to host, uh, I think it was called Friday Night at the Fights, and it was in Bird Arena. I've heard, yeah, I've heard, I, I, I feel like I remember hearing about that. And um, I did attend those, and it was interesting. But it was made up of various students who were going to school at Ohio University. Um, well, you know, the more I think about it, I think there were some adults as well that signed up to uh, compete. But anyway, it was just an interesting once-a-year affair, and It was also a fundraiser for that great uh, program, which is today listed as the best in the world, Sports Administration at Ohio University. Anyway, that's my only knowledge of boxing, frankly. Senisa, so it's spelled S-E-N-I-E-S-A. That's the first name. Last name is Estrada, E-S-T-R-A-D-A. Okay. And when you find something, make a noise. Um, boy, silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm trying. To, I'm no, I'm just trying to read. Okay, well, then, then let me I'm, ask you. Say, I'm, I'm reading her Wikipedia page right now. Is this a, a a male or a female? This is a female. Okay, and the age? Uh, she is thirty-one. 
Okay, so not terribly ill. She actually, it's like kind of interesting. She uh, has, in 2020, she actually scored the fastest knockout in women's boxing history, knocking out uh, another boxer in seven seconds. Wow. Let's just say don't uh, don't make her mad. Yeah. <laughs> she might be able to knock you out in seven seconds. <laughs> uh, that's what I need. All right. Well, anyway, uh, so I guess she's considering um, coming out of retirement. Is Do they say anything like that? Uh-huh. Oh, I see what this is. Okay, so the the columnist who was a former boxer for the New York Times, he's saying he gave up on boxing but has not given up on Sinise's yeah. boxing career. Okay. I was going to say, because I was like, uh, the thing I'm reading says she's still in boxing. Okay. I, was, I was like, if she retired, she must have done it recently. Yeah. <laughs> Very recently. <laughs> and then she's like... Like Tom Brady last year before he officially retired. <laughs> he was like, he retired for like a month and then came right back. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Lionel Messi is putting on a show, they say. He is scoring in bunches in last place Inter Miami is a contender in the league's cup. Could a major league soccer playoff push be next? Hmm. Okay. Well, what about the arts? Satchmo. Satchmo's Wonderful World. Now, we kind of mentioned a name earlier in the show. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Um... He was, uh, a nickname for him, if you will, was Satchmo. And they go on to say that his career amplifies an artist's vision. They go on that new jazz and exhibition spaces and an inaugural show curated by Jason Moran featured the trumpeter's history collaged onto the walls. So this is kind of like an art exhibit, as well as uh, audio as well, of course. How can you have an exhibit of Louis Armstrong without some audio? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. Another art story, A Lost Flowers of Alice Hart Review, The Right Kind of Melodrama. Okay, we're talking about Sigourney Weaver, who stars in an Australian family thriller full of stormy emotions and strangely beautiful terrain. The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. It's a movie. And um, I think we might have had a blurb on this a week or two ago also. But it's it's something that, um, if it gets to our neighborhoods, I think I'd be interested in seeing. Australia is um, interesting to me. 
All right, and let's see, one more item in the category of arts. Blaze Sendrars at the, Mor at the Morgan. Whew. They go on a modern match of poetry and painting. A travelogue in verse rich with Sonia Delaunay's art, Pyrotechnics, is the centerpiece of one of the most eye-catching opening shows of the summer. Well, frankly, I don't know what they're talking about. Forgive me. Okay, well, then how about movies? Lady Killer in the Strange Mr. Victor review. And they simply say a golden age. Two newly restored films by the director Jean Grimillion, uh, who cinephiles discuss like a special secret, uh, are getting a good life in theaters. They're being, um, what am I trying to say? They're, they're showing more audience, partic not participation, but attendance yeah. than they were expecting. Um, Meg 2, The Trench. Uh, that's, that's the name of a movie, and it says, Gleefully Jumping the Shark. Okay, this lively sequel to 2018's somewhat tepid killer shark blockbuster greatly improves upon its predecessor by getting gorier, funnier, and more stylish. My kind of movie. It. This sounds really weird, doesn't it? It's my kind of movie, though. Okay. <laughs> well, Meg to the Trench. Might have to go see that. When you do, give us a report. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Shortcomings. Yet another movie. It's directed by Randall Park. And they go on to say this charming comedy about a Japanese-American man's belated coming of age touches upon fascinating questions of identity but fails to dig below the surface. So on one hand, they're saying it's good. And on the other hand, they're saying, but it didn't go far enough. Huh. I would hate to be a critic. And, you know, over the years, during my career, if you will, in theater and performing arts and stuff, There's many shows I've been proud of. Uh, the place most that I was proud of was Playhouse on the Green, which existed in central Ohio for many years. It was uh, just north of Worthington, about not quite halfway to Delaware, right on High Street or Route 23. Uh, I think I've told this story before, but Sally Jones Sexton was the owner. Sally Sexton owned the Granville Inn, beautiful 
place for hotel and dinners and special events. She herself lived in Granville or on a farm just a few miles away. Uh, I think that farm is now owned by the Longenberger family. Sally's been gone for years. She used to emcee all the state fair uh, horse shows, and she was a, a hoot. She was very entertaining. Hmm. Anyway, um, Sally owned Playhouse on the Green, and many famous actors over the years um, had a season there in some more than one until their careers became huge. Well, anyway, the point to all of this is there were so many shows I was proud of that we produced because during the course of a summer, we might put on 10 different shows and they would run anywhere from a week to three weeks, depending on the show. Oh, well. I'm way off track here, but... Hmm. All right. Well, being a critic, that's, that's what started it. All right. Let's see here. In New York, the mayor, Eric Adams, has not been implicated in any wrongdoing, but... The district attorney there, Alvin Bragg, has targeted people who are in the mayor's circle. I guess the mayor has um, some advisors or people he's appointed to certain positions that, um, well, are being questioned. Another story, it says New York City will make outdoor dining permanent. With caveats. New rules passed by the City Council yesterday will organize the haphazard but popular outdoor dining structures. But it goes on, it will also force their removal during the wintertime. Oh, I think I found why... uh why the Alvin Bragg and Eric Adams thing. Okay. It says on here that there's a, a gambling probe being done. I think we've heard about this in the past. I haven't read too much into it, but that's just what it's saying on here. <laughs> saying something about a gambling probe. Well, let's see here. What else? Okay, what about uh, science stories? Okay, here's one that says, what this year's astonishing ocean heat means for our planet. They go on, the world's oceans are the hottest they've been in modern history by an unusually wide margin. Yeah, well, you know, I guess the science community can make some assumptions of what might be affected. But, golly, I hope it's not too much. Let's see here. 
LK99. Have you heard of this? No. It's the superconductor of the summer. They go on, social media users are excited about what would be a breakthrough in solid-state physics, but many experts in the field are cautiously skeptical. LK-99. Just see if something pops up to add to that. Um, Seichi Morimura. This is an obituary. He was 90 and he has died. Um, he wrote a book and in this book he detailed gruesome biological experiments that took place during the Japanese wartime. These experiments took place on people at a secret Imperial Army site in occupied China before and during World War II. His book was uh, disturbing. Okay, what else? You know, uh, th there's been some chatter over the last decade that Miami, Florida was going to become the new New York. And what are they talking about? Uh, they're talking about the size of the city and its dominance in the nation and that sort of thing. But um, as I said, that that sort of hunch has been going on for over a decade. But we have a news story this morning in the New York Times saying the dream of that happening is now fading. It would be really hard to top New York City. And I'm a little surprised that it was even suggested in the past decade. Um, let's see here. Now, here's another interesting item. This is a guest essay, and it says, Listening to this music might change you. Okay, so what are they talking about? This is music written and performed by incarcerated people. And they say it has the power to transform how we think about the people who make it. Interesting. 9.56 and a half now. Uh, when we started this show, it was uh, 71 degrees here. Um, outside our studios. Um, let me hit the update button and make sure that's still accurate. Oh, it's climbed seven degrees. It's now 78 degrees outside our studios here on Columbus Road. Uh, by the way, they say the high today will be 89. And uh, that'll occur pretty much starting around 3 o'clock in the afternoon and continuing to maybe about 6 p.m. 
Um, really no mention of precipitation to speak of. Um, yeah. All right. The moonrise. Boy, we've had talk about the moon a lot lately. <coughs> moonrise tonight, 10.45 p.m. <laughs> and moon set, they say, at 9.50 tomorrow morning. Okay. Sunset at 8.37 tonight. There's all sorts of things you can talk about when it comes to weather and the atmosphere and all that sort of thing. I wish I knew more about it. Um, let's see here. Ron DeSantis down in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, evidently he has expressed himself a bit on the topic of slavery, historically speaking. And um, the teaser headline says, one sentence does not define a curriculum. I don't know what they're talking about, but it doesn't sound good. All right. From what I remember, it's something about he he got into controversy a week or two ago saying that... uh, slavery was actually a good thing for black people because like they learned experience from it or something like that. It was was something along those lines, experience doing things or something like that. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but it was something like that. Um, We have uh, less than a minute remaining. Um, the The Better Business Bureau, BBB, uh, in central Ohio, Uh, They put out a story in the last 24 hours saying BBB tips, maximizing back-to-school shopping. And it doesn't just concern Central Ohio. It's really a story that um, could help us too. But they're saying that uh, various stores are making it a little easier for shoppers this year um, to save a little bit of money as they prepare for their kids going back to school. There's even a no sales tax this weekend. That's right. I forgot about that. For school supplies. And uh, what would that be? Five and uh, three quarters percent? Something like that. Savings. Well, we're out of time, folks. We want you to have a very safe and wonderful weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Take care. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM.